Why do we pray for Israel? That is something the Lord has been putting on my heart. You might be confused. Why the big deal about Israel? It might be something you discern, but you can't put words to it. You might be someone who just is confused. Why is the world so enamored with Israel? It's been embedded in all of creation because God is passionate about Israel. I'm here to answer that very simple question. Why do we pray for Israel? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want your heart and your passion, God. We want to delight in what you delight in. We want to hate what you hate. I pray now that you speak through this vessel, your servant, your son, for the upbuilding of your kingdom and for the edification of your people in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So why do we pray for Israel? Why we pray for Israel? Psalm 122 verse 9 says, because the house of the Lord, because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. It should be implanted in every believer to see the goodness of God in the land of the living for Israel, specifically because of the house of the Lord, our God. Jerusalem is where the Lord chose to put his name. Jerusalem in the heart of Israel is where the Lord chose for us to seek him. It is the house of God. Jerusalem is the house of God. Jerusalem is the temple of God. Now, I know there's a temple that God had man build, but he chose Israel to be his holy city, his holy dwelling place. And that's where our father's house will be, not just in the earth, but in the heavenlies. It is where we will all come to meet the Lord. And so I'm trying to help you understand why we should turn our faces toward Jerusalem all the time. Have you ever thought about when we will behold the Lord in heaven? Well, where that's going to happen is a place called New Jerusalem. We're going to behold the Lord and we're going to receive great healing and freedom and precious answers to our questions about judgment and suffering. All will be made right in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place where God has put his throne and his place of judgment where he will judge righteously. It is the place where all things will be made right. And it is in Jerusalem where we will dwell with the Lord. And, and here's another way to look at it. Your entire life's journey leads to Jerusalem. <laughs> Jerusalem is our heavenly home. So I'm talking prophetically now. Jerusalem represents our heavenly home. Jerusalem, it talks about the shalom, the peace of God. We will find it in his presence. Revelation 3 and 12 says this. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. So we're going to be in the temple of God forever and ever. We're going to be in this location. Well, let's read further. The Spirit of God says, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. So spiritually, we will be tattooed with the name of Jerusalem. It says, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. That's the heavenly Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. So Jerusalem in the earth is a picture of the Jerusalem in heaven. It's an imperfect picture. It's a 
It's a picture that is depraved because of the dying world. But where God dwells in heaven is the Jerusalem of heaven. The earthly Jerusalem is a prophetic illustration of the heavenly Jerusalem. So if you have a, a heart for the house of God where you attend church services, that's, of course, extraordinarily important. But the same emphasis should be on Jerusalem, Israel. It is the house of God. It is the place where God dwells in the heavenlies and he will bring it down into the earth. Just as the earthly temple was a picture of the, the, the housing and the place and the dwelling place of God, such is the same about Jerusalem. Jerusalem was chosen to express his invitation to us to eat at his table. The disciples ate with Jesus in Jerusalem for the Last Supper. Remember just how passionate the Lord Jesus was to go to Jerusalem. And there was a specific time. And remember, he cried. He wept over Jerusalem. He wept over the city of God. He wept over the place that represented his foremost desire, which was for man and God to dwell together forever in perfect unity as it was in Eden. To restore the Eden of the heavenlies back to the earth and to see Jerusalem, especially the people of Jerusalem, failing to recognize their Messiah, failing to recognize their visitation, failing to recognize the heart of the father expressed in Jesus broke the Lord's heart. And it's the same now as we're seeing Hamas attacking Israel, as we're seeing Hezbollah attacking Israel, as we're seeing Iran attacking Israel, as we're seeing People all over the world now criticizing Israel. This is a picture of the last days. I don't have time to go into all of that right now. I simply want to answer the question, why we pray for Israel. Jesus' heart beat for Jerusalem. He chose Jerusalem for the place of his suffering, his greatest suffering, the Via Dolorosa, his road to Calvary, where he was spat upon and rejected and mocked, where the centurion first mocked him, called him everything except the king of the Jews out of a heart that was uh, in awe of the Lord. And then they, they saw him for who he was on the cross. Jerusalem was the place the Lord had to go for the breakthrough of his redemption. It's the place where he chose to reveal the love of the Father. Jesus had to go to Jerusalem. He had to die there. He had to be resurrected there. He had a passion and still holds a passion for Jerusalem. And so what we need to understand, especially right now as we're seeing war, is because God's will will be enacted and transpired with the great white throne judgment and the coming of New Jerusalem in the place of the Holy City, it is the reason why the enemy hates Jerusalem. <laughs> the enemy is trying to rage against the kingdom of God. He hates Jerusalem and he hates the fact that Jerusalem is the seat of God's kingdom. So every kingdom has a seat. Every jurisdiction has a capital. Amen. Every 
operation has a headquarters. The headquarters of God's earthly kingdom is Jerusalem. Now, I know we have the Holy Spirit in all of us and the kingdom of God is in, in you. Amen. That is absolutely the case. But the, the story and the message God is sending is what's going on in Jerusalem speaks about what's going on in my kingdom. The seat of his earthly kingdom is Jerusalem. It's where Jesus decided to go at the very end. We need to understand this. Now, watch the picture that Isaiah paints. This is me imparting into you a love for Jerusalem. I was weeping when I read this verse uh, maybe a week or two ago. The Spirit of God came upon me and I began to discern the Lord's great care and desire for all nations to come to him. And where will that happen? On the mountain of God in Jerusalem. He weeps to see all of us join him in perfect harmony in Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 2 and beginning at verse 2, it says, Now it will come to pass. This is God's ordination. In the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. I began to weep when I read this because it's God's magnetic love seated in Jerusalem that will draw all nations, people of all tribes, tongues and nations and kindred will be coming to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem that will be seated in the earth. And it's going to be a flow. We're going to sing songs and we're going to sing hymns. We're going to be clapping and enjoying the spirit of God as we go to behold the father. And it says in verse three, many people will come. That word actually means an abundant number of people. A multitude will come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. This is what we're going to be experiencing for all eternity, learning him. And we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law. He chose Jerusalem for his word to be released. Come on. And it says, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God's heart exudes from Jerusalem. God's heart draws us all to Jerusalem, the seat of Israel, the capital. And it says he shall judge between the nations in this location and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords in the plowshares. We're going to, we're going to, violence will not be necessary. We're only, we're only going to reap a harvest of the love of God. And he says, and their spears will be beat into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So we know we're talking about the heavenlies. We're talking about our time and eternity with the Lord. God's Jerusalem is, is impossible for us to describe, but he chose the earthly Jerusalem as a picture, as a type, as a metaphorical representation, an allegory for his heart being pointed at a location, his heart being appointed to a, an event, his heart being desperate to see all people returning to him, those who he thought into existence and spoke them into the earth, those who he created and made to know him will come to him in Jerusalem. I pray you're beginning to receive this heart of God. Even further, David's tabernacle was a nod toward Jerusalem. Listen to what the, remember, David didn't have a temple. He didn't have a temple. He didn't even have the tabernacle of Moses. The tabernacle Moses built for the Lord was, was gone. But the Ark of the Covenant was still there. And God 
uh, inspired David because of his vast love for the Lord, his un unbearable love and desperate, uh, his, his desperate call and heart for God's presence inspired him to build a tabernacle in Jerusalem for the Lord. He built it in Jerusalem. Remember how David danced and how they made sacrifices of thousands of animals when they brought the, the presence of God back to Jerusalem. It's rightful place. There's a celebration. This was a, a type. Uh, this was an expression of what we're going to experience in heaven. It was a picture, a prophetic picture of what we're going to experience in heaven. And it happens in Jerusalem. But David, he was determined to set up unrivaled worship in the tabernacle of David. He built a place for the Lord to come and rest because he had to be near God. And he had the heart of Jesus that God had to be in Jerusalem. It's the right place. There's a nearness that everyone experiences in Jerusalem. There's a nearness that is this special there. David's tabernacle expressed the glorious worship of God by his people without restraint. This is God's desire that we will dwell with him in his house as one people without restraint, without restrictions. And so that picture is painted best in Jerusalem. In the scriptures, we experience that in our churches. Certainly we experience the closeness of the Lord's spirit. There is something different about Jerusalem. It's a mystery to a large degree. So when we pray for Israel, we're actually praying in view of God's priority and his passion for his chosen place of rest. We will one day see him there, and it's only in Jerusalem that we will come to know who we really are. So when you pray for Jerusalem, you're actually praying for your home as well. This is why I need you to understand why your eyes and your heart and your prayers should be toward Jerusalem at all times, because that is your heavenly home as well. It is your rightful place. It is your place where you will meet the Lord. First John three and two and uh, verse three as well says, beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we will be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. So you won't know who you really are until you see him in Jerusalem. You will not come into the fullness of knowing who you are until you are in the heavenly Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a place where you will come to know who you are. In your heart right now is a passion for Jerusalem and Israel because Jesus is there. Jesus is in you. And because he has a passion and a desire for Israel in you right now is that same desire. So you can pray for his heart's desire to be home with you and all of his brothers and sisters. That really is Jesus's desire is for you to be at his table with him and his brothers and sisters. Luke 12, 37 says, blessed are those servants whom the master when he comes will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Jesus is passionately devoted to seeing you in Jerusalem, eating at his table, being served by himself. It's it's the Mephibosheth in the heavenlies. We've been disabled by sin. 
but we've been received by the king and the king says we will eat at his table every single day in Jerusalem. <laughs> the one who watches for the Lord watches Israel. That's the word of the Lord to you. The one who watches for the Lord watches Israel. Let us watch and pray and pray to welcome home the king of glory to Jerusalem. So when you're praying for Israel in the midst of their, uh, their current conflict and the conflict to come, I want you to understand that you are praying for God to return. All of this is, is, is heading toward God coming and judging the earth in Jerusalem and bringing his people there to worship him in the, in the most intimate of worship that we cannot imagine. Revelation 22, 20 says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. Even so come Lord Jesus. This is what I need you to understand. Everything that's going on is prophetic with regard to Hamas and Israel and even the surrounding nations and how they are positioning themselves and posturing themselves toward this war. And then even beyond the Western world, how the Western world is positioning itself toward Israel is very prophetic. And we need to be watching and praying for the prosperity of Jerusalem and the peace in Jerusalem, because that's Jesus's desire. But listen to Luke 21, 24. It says, and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So what we're seeing is something Jesus prophesied. Israel will be attacked until Jesus returns. There will be places and times and seasons of peace, but even in the seasons of peace, they'll be under attack. The people of God, you being grafted in, are under attack. So when you see your brothers and sisters in Israel being attacked, you're being attacked. This is why we pray for Israel. We are grafted into the olive tree that is Jerusalem, that is, that is Judaism, that is Hebrew. The Hebrews are the olive tree. Yes, they do not acknowledge Jesus Christ unless they're Messianic Jews. But what we need to understand is what happens to them is happening to us. It's a prophetic picture of what's coming. The persecution coming to the church is what we are actually seeing prophesied in Israel. The same way they're turning against Israel. The same way they are incapable of seeing how Israel was terrorized and more than a thousand people were killed and people have been kidnapped and they have a right to defend themselves just like America when we went after Saddam Hussein and he wasn't even responsible for 9-11. They have the right to defend themselves as they, as they see fit as long as they're being reasonable and they are going about it in a way that is righteous. Now they're not going to be perfect because they're people, but the same way the nations are raging against Israel, the nations will raise against the church. And so we need to be praying for Israel because as we pray for them, we're praying for ourselves. Let us pray. Father, in the name of the Lord, I'm just so grateful for this teaching and this time where you are imparting into us a love for your people, the people that you desire to know you for who you are, God, through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that we will watch for the Lord as we watch Israel. I pray now in the name of Jesus that intercessors will come forth in the name of Jesus, I pray a travail over the intercessors, God, for Israel in the name of Jesus. I pray Psalm 122 over them that because of the house of the Lord, they will seek the good of Jerusalem. Glory to God. I pray that we will pray for the peace of Jerusalem. <laughs> Blessed are those 
and may they prosper who love you in the name of Jesus. God, I pray you do a spiritual work now and impart into us a desire to pray for Israel and its peace and its overcoming in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for your perfect righteousness to be enacted and adjudicated toward those who are attacking Israel, whether it's with weapons or with words. Oh God, I pray that the word curses are canceled in Jesus' name and will not prosper. God, we pray that you stay the hand of the evil one. I pray the adversary falls into his own trap. And I pray that we will not cease to pray for Israel and pray for Jerusalem. It is your prayer and it is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope this was encouraging to you. I hope that this was informational and educational. I hope it gives you something to stand on and some stability in the midst of the storm as we watch international news that you can stand on the word of God and the promises of God that no matter what the earth is saying about Israel, it is God's chosen place to dwell. And it's our home too. And we should be praying. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray that you'll connect with us at faithfireworldwide.com. We're in a $50,000 campaign now for our international ministry, uh, crusades and revivals all over the world, and for our ministry here in North Carolina and the United States and community outreaches. Uh, we bless you for your partnership. I pray you'll ask the Lord how he will have you to, to partner with us. And uh, we've got some things in the works that are coming, some teachings and some courses and I praise God for that. I pray you look on, uh, be on the lookout for that. God bless you until we see you next time. Bye now.